0: Ministry and leadership forever change the relationship that we have with God. Often being involved in leadership creates challenges which force us to dig at roots deeper in the word. But what happens when people let you down or your ministry doesn't turn out the way you thought it would? Hi, this is Esther Lowe. In this episode of the GYC Beyond podcast, Michelle Dukamis joins us to discuss the heart of ministry. Hi Michelle, welcome to the GYC Beyond podcast, and thank you so much for coming here. For our listeners, before we start, I'm going to find out a bit about you. What are you currently doing?
1: All right. Yeah. So I teach business mm-hmm. at Southern Adventist University, so I'm a professor there. Mm-hmm. And what's your background? How did
0: you get there? Just in very quick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a great question. I I studied at Southern as a student myself, mm-hmm. and I studied accounting, and while I was at Southern though, God started to work in my life. Like Mm -hmm. up to that point, I had always just kind of gotten jobs, done what I Mm -hmm. could try to get experience. You can get a good job. And through different things, GYC being one of them, Mm -hmm. God really started to lay on my burden, a heart to do more than just like make money Mm -hmm. and do business as usual. And that was huge. I became really convicted by GYC 2003 Mm -hmm. in the early time that like I needed to do something for God. Right. So I had this calling and I didn't feel like I was the typical spiritual religious, whatever person Mm -hmm. who was going to preach or do all this stuff. I didn't know what I was going to do, but some of us just came back and said, what are we going to do? And so started like a little Bible study group Mm -hmm. in the dorm. A group of us got together and started what is now GYC Southeast. And so that's the first president of that. And so, you know, God started just to work in my own life and have this burden for ministry. Mm -hmm. Well, eventually that led to, after college, leaving doing accounting and business and going to Amazing Facts, their center for evangelism, Mm -hmm. and then starting to do Bible work full time, Mm -hmm. leading canvassing. I was the business manager and started teaching Bible work and evangelism at a school called Souls West Mm -hmm. and my life just took this whole other turn. And I used to wonder (laughs) like, what is this about, Lord? I studied Mm -hmm. business, but I do all this stuff. And in some senses, I think I felt at that point, like I needed to lay down my nets, so Mm -hmm. to speak, like the disciples with the fishing, Mm -hmm. they laid it down to follow Jesus and do ministry. And that's kind of what I felt, which may sound odd now because I teach business (laughs) (laughs) and it's been an odd journey. So I, um, I was doing that and I had an opportunity to do my master's degree in business for free. And so I ended up Mm. doing that back at Southern. And while we were there, some of us had a burden to have evangelism training at our Mm -hmm. Adventist University campus. Like, Why don't we have Mm -hmm. that there? And so we started a program called SALT, Soul Winning and Leadership Training. Mm -hmm. And so I stuck around to help develop that and to coordinate that for the Mm -hmm. first years that was going. And so all of that was amazing. God taught me so many things. And then I ended up going to Wildwood to their college for health evangelism. Mm. And they'd asked me to be the director there, which is again, totally out of my comfort zone. (laughs) And so I never worked in a health school before, very international student base, a self-supporting institution. And I learned many things there too. And so it was like, such an interesting path that I saw mm. but it all seemed to be revolving around in one way or the other evangelism schools and missions mm. and I really developed a love for that after a while
0: mm-hmm. listen to your story you've got a lot of very broad experiences yeah. ministry um, canvassing yeah. leadership SALT you are being in campuses school campuses you've been in health yeah. evangelism they're <laughs> <laughs> very broad um, experiences and now you're in business As a leader, I'm sure that you've had a perception that people probably view you as having a great walk of God and being passionate about what you're doing. But what is it really like behind the scenes with your spiritual journey? How has God actually led you personally through these experiences? Yeah. Let me start off with maybe about the time you were at Salt. Yeah. You know, about the time I was at Salt,
1: I had come through some interesting things even then Mm -hmm. in my spiritual experience. Previous to that, in my last job, I had gotten to a point where it was probably one of the hardest spiritual times in my life previous Mm -hmm. to that. of Realizing that I did a lot for God Mm -hmm. and I didn't feel like I really knew God. Mm -hmm. Almost like God was my boss. There actually (laughs) did come a point, scarily, where I was working in full-time ministry and I felt like if this is what there is to Christianity, it's not working for Mm -hmm. me. And that was a really hard thing because everyone looks up to you. This is the hard thing you don't always realize or think about in doing ministry is somehow people think you're supposed to have it together and you know you have influence. And so if you're not sure about stuff Mm -hmm. and you make bad choices, then you're going to influence all these other people. And so it's a scary (laughs) thing. So what do you do? Mm -hmm. And there was a time there where I felt like if I shared with people that they would just, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, tell me to pray more, give me an Mm -hmm. Ellen White quote or or something like that, and so I didn't feel comfortable. But I praised the Lord that he sent certain people into my lives that really were real, that shared Mm -hmm. about their own struggles, that caused me to come to a place of really analyzing my own relationship with God, and what Jesus meant to me, and who was God. Mm -hmm. And that search was, in the end, what helped me to be able to go back by the time we were at SALT, And do ministry feeling like it was a privilege. It wasn't Uh a duty. It wasn't just the Lord "Ah, told me to do this. (laughs) But I felt like I don't deserve this. I'm not that great of a person. Mm -hmm. I just, uh, but I want to serve Jesus. And so that was kind of like the first big pivotal spiritual Mm -hmm. experience. And I don't know if people always realize that this happens not just to People in regular regular quote unquote jobs happens to people in ministry too.
0: Right. Now you said that there was this this is like the first pivotal moment. Yeah. What was the the one thing, like if you could put it down as to one thing, that shifted you from viewing God as your boss, as you said, where you're kind of almost stuck in ministry because of what people think of you and what God is gonna think of you. How did that shift to being a privilege? Yeah. <laughs> Basically,
1: there came a point where I just said, All right, if this is real, if I'm gonna continue mm-hmm. doing this type of thing, then I need to I need to know God. And it wasn't even just doing ministry at that mm-hmm. point. It's like if I'm gonna stay with this faith, right. I need to know who you are, God. And it was that journey, and I can't fully I wish I could give you a formula, Esther. Mm-hmm. I really do. That I studied this, and I read this thing, <laughs> and then there was this other thing, and then everything was fixed. Uh-huh. But it was, I would say, more of a desperation. That's the one mm-hmm. thing that I would say is coming to the point where it's a point of need. Like, God, I can't do this. I need to mm-hmm. know who you are. And then seeking to find that out in, in scripture and in reading and prayer and different things. Mm-hmm. And that giving me to a point where I could really give my life back to God and some of the, the bitterness of things that had happened, the things I didn't realize were like a wall.
0: Right. You Thank mentioned God. bitterness as being a wall. Mm. How does bitterness come up in ministry? And mm. how does that prevent us from having a walk of God?
1: You know, bitterness comes up in so many things in life. And often I don't think we realize it mm-hmm. when it happens. Often I think bitterness comes with disappointments. Right. And so maybe we are doing all this stuff for God, whether it's in ministry or just in life, and things don't go as planned Mm -hmm. because the the project you put so much into doesn't work out like you thought. And then people maybe let you down or there's a a death or some other tragedy sometimes, Mm -hmm. but it's not even anything that large always. Sometimes it's just the reality of the hardness of life comes in <laughs> and and can feel like, all right, God, where are you? Mm-hmm. I'm here, and where are you in my life? What are you doing? And without realizing it, I found in my life those seeds of bitterness mm-hmm. start to wedge between my faith and what it brings mm-hmm. is doubt. What it brings okay. is doubt, which is crazy because then once that comes it's like the whole
0: little pile of blocks <laughs> just is in danger. Uh-huh. Do you think it has it comes a doubt because that bitterness is interfering with how good we got we believe God is?
1: I think it has to do with yeah, how do we balance the truths that we read in scripture of how good God is mm-hmm. and the promises that we read with the world that we live in mm-hmm. and the stuff that we go through? Mm-hmm. And if God is who supposedly He is, right. then how do I reconcile that? And there will be people and you'll meet them in the church who will say, you know, you're just being idealistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're <laughs> you know, you have that youthful idealism, all you GYC people run uh-huh. around, think you're gonna do all of this. Well, wait till you get older and you find out how it really is in life. And we start to
0: believe them in right. a piece of our soul. Uh-huh. So what happened next you're at Sol, uh, yeah you're at salt now and yeah where did you go from there well
1: as I mentioned I ended up going to Wildwood to the Center for health evangelism there and being their director learning many things mm-hmm. there and that was not an easy thing either and <laughs> I learned so much about myself and leadership and I made a lot of mistakes and yeah, God was good still. I can look back and say, yeah, it could have been way worse, but God helped. And there was a lot of good that happened too. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I went through a new set of struggles in my personal life. It's funny how it's like you come out of one and then God brings you through other situations that shows you uh-huh. other things. Right. So I ended up through a relationship that I was in, some different things with that, really having to face again, who am I, what is my calling, and what do I believe? And I was challenged, like, do I really make a difference? What do I do? And I was told once, like, you know, look, you just want to marry a John Bradshaw or, like, some famous person, <laughs> and you want to do this. And almost like, yeah, you look down on people mm-hmm. because if they're not in ministry like you and doing those types of things, and that hit me hard because mm-hmm. I didn't believe that. But I started to realize uh, through some of these things, like why why do I do ministry? Yeah, I might administer programs and have positions and run a school, but on the very ground level, am I actually caring about people's lives? Mm-hmm. Am I making a difference in people's lives? And it was a hard thing because I started then to say, wow. I don't know. Like, I'm chasing Mm -hmm. all of this stuff. But at the same time,
0: who am I Mm -hmm. in the heart level with this? Right. Could you almost say that ministry comes with almost the same pitfalls of a regular job where you can start to climb the ladder and get well-known and gain some kind of ego out of it? Yeah. It can. Yeah. And I never thought of it like that. And I don't
1: think that I ever wanted to climb a ladder mm-hmm. but I would say that I realized that a lot of my identity became staked in who I did mm-hmm. and so it's really interesting that fast forward a little while later I ended up getting a call to go back mm-hmm. to Southern kind of where I started and teach business <laughs> and there are different things I, I do believe that the Lord led in that and that right. was good and I enjoy it but I remember again having to go through wow when the When the titles are stripped away, Mm -hmm. when it's not my job to run a ministry Uh or an evangelism school or do all of this, who am I? And there was a time when I felt like, well, maybe God doesn't need me as much. And I just kind of got got (laughs) put on the bench like you would in a sports game or Uh something, you know. Like, all right, I guess I kind of failed at that one. So the Lord's going to put me on the bench here. Mm -hmm. And yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How do we approach that? You know, because I know some people listening to this will... Will not relate because right. they haven't gone through that experience. Right, but there's others who maybe they're starting to become successful at what they do. Maybe they're a Bible worker who's had a lot of baptisms and a lot of success, or they're a canvasser who has higher sales. How do you deal with that? That sense of internal maybe almost pride. Yeah. You know,
1: I I believe the Lord allows us through situations to see that mm-hmm. and. There's pride, but there's also insecurity. It's funny how those tie together. (laughs) Right. They seem opposite, but they're actually really close. Right. And we get them in different ways. I mean, some people, like you said, might be Bible workers, ambassadors, have been through this experience. Some are people who are listening, and maybe you've never done any of these things, but secretly Mm -hmm. inside you felt like maybe you were second class citizen to the people called pastors and Uh ministers, and you just weren't good enough for that. And... You know, the big thing that God has been showing me that I knew intellectually that I think God was wanting to work in my heart is just ministry is not making a noise and a show in the world. Mm -hmm. And Ellen White says that, too.
0: And (laughs) this whole
1: idea that am I going to be broad in my I always had this idealism of taking, not mm-hmm. taking over the world, but changing the world for the Lord, you know? I get all like, inspired, go to GYC, go to these other things, I'm inspired to make a difference. Uh-huh. And the Lord showed me, yes, but at the same time, how are you making a difference with your family? How are you mm-hmm. making a difference with the people I put around you? How are you making a difference with the students that you do have, or still have a <laughs> lot of opportunities? And learning how to go deep Instead mm-hmm. of just broad, and that if I make a major difference in a few people's life, it may really change the world mm-hmm. a whole lot more than all of the big projects, initiatives, mm-hmm. and other things
0: that I could invent and do. Wow, yeah, you know, this actually reminds me of a quote that I read from Ellen White where she says that it takes more personal religion to be a Christian in a secular work environment than mm-hmm. it does to be working as a minister or a Bible worker. As you've transitioned in your life, how do you see that difference come out? Yeah. You know, I realized
1: that, man, ministry is everywhere. Uh And just how fulfilling it can be to find that. And the Lord is giving opportunities with Mm -hmm. what I do now to, to start things and work on things. But just the personal difference, because... You know, just like, I would say this is a big thing that's happened. Mm. Just as I mentioned that in life, sometimes it's going deep with with people and in your ministry instead Mm -hmm. of just broad that makes a difference. I would say over the past year, that's something that God's been really impressing me to do about my life. Mm -hmm. And that's sometimes been a painful thing too. (laughs) It's like God has been impressing me to go deeper in my life. And again, situations came up that bred some disappointment Mm -hmm. and some bitterness and some wondering, do I really hear God? Am I sure about my calling? What do I know of God? Things didn't work out like I thought they would. And I started to see again, why does the Lord put us through some of these things? Maybe it's because just as in ministry, we've got to be deep. That requires us being Mm -hmm. deep as a person. And -hmm. sometimes to do that, God's got to pit me through things uh-huh. that show me myself. What does that look like, being deep with as yourself with a person? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? <laughs> I guess it sounds really good. Yeah, I'm I'm a deep Christian, <laughs> and I, I just have this deep faith in God. Uh-huh. I, I don't know, and I would actually caution not to pray for that, almost <laughs> because the Lord might let you experience the way <laughs> that happens, <laughs> because a lot of times I have seen that those depths come through trials. Right. It comes through facing those different things. Um, so, for instance, I was at a point, like I said, of really questioning again because of things that happen. What's going on with a lot of this? And, but that caused me to have to seek again God, what do I believe and why? Mm. And there was a point where I was like, I don't know how to hear God. I'm not sure about a lot of stuff, but there is stuff that I do know. And this is true. And this is true. And this is true in the Bible. So I'm going to do that. I'm not going to go outside, you know, and do crazy things. But at the same time, I don't know if I fully trust Mm. God (laughs) now. And that's where the real battle is, though, because when I did that, it's like ripping the heart out of your Christianity, Oh, yeah. It's like you have all the head stuff and you do the right stuff, but where's God in it? Where's the personal God who cares, who mm-hmm. works, who talks? And, um, and going through different experiences with that, I was trying to sort out myself, trying to sort out relationship aftermath stuff, trying to sort out a bunch of things and uh, you know, talk to even some counselors, which mm-hmm. was helpful. But unfortunately, at one point, someone said something that got taken the wrong way that was essentially, well, maybe you just trust too much in providences. (laughs) And something shut down in me and said, well, fine, then I'm just going to do what I, my, I guess I have to figure this all Uh out myself. And I will tell you, though, Esther, the one way that God has helped to repair a bunch of messy stuff and bring back and bring depth. And it sounds super cliche. Is through prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, other things didn't work. Just talking to people didn't work. Even uh, whatever the the one thing that really started to to change and bring that depth again was being challenged to really pray and having people that prayed with me, mm. that prayed for me. The the pages Jerry and Janet. I know right. you've had them on a podcast. Uh-huh. And that gave me more courage and hope to do some of those things myself and to really pray. I found a friend uh, that was willing. We decided to pray together every day for, well, we said 10 days first, but maybe we'll make it to 40, you know. (laughs) And with some different things like that, I started to see God through that the most of anything. Mm. Start to break down walls of, of bitterness, of disappointment, mm-hmm. of different things to be able to connect and hear God and have that depth again. To realize that, yeah, the depth comes through going through trials, but that can, the trials don't necessarily bring depth. Mm. Trials can push you away from God, but mm-hmm. are they going to push you away from God? Or are they going to push you into God?
0: Is it that the depth came because you were dealing with actual emotional problems in prayer, not just praying because you're praying? Would that be correct? Right. I think that
1: when we're at the point where we ourselves are broken, Mm -hmm. we cannot help but pray about the real stuff in our lives Uh because we need God to pray. We need to pray those things in our lives. I mean, I prayed those things for a while about them, but sometimes I, I get guilty of just complaining to God mm-hmm. more than actually praying. <laughs> I talk more than I listen. And so a big balance of that has been praying, but also really praising God, remembering mm-hmm. what God said, claiming what God said, building faith, have other people that mm-hmm. are willing to pray with me and pray what God has said and believe that and go mm-hmm. with it and believe that God means that for the deepest parts of myself. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. So it's really, it's the heart of ministry, isn't it? That being real with God and being real with yourself allows you to be real with other people and minister to them. Now, just as we kind of come to the end of this conversation about how you've transitioned from God being your boss, Mm -hmm. dealing with things and going deeper Mm -hmm. with God and being more real with him, what kind of advice would you give to a young person who's maybe still at that that first place where they're they're feeling a bit disillusioned. Yeah. I think advice that I would have for
1: someone that is in that place is that God will take the little bit that you can give him Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. When I was first going through disillusionment the first time, um, the most that I could give to God then was saying, I really don't know but I'm going to give you a chance. And mm, if this right. is real, I I want to know it and I want to see it. And sometimes the first thing is just giving God a chance to work and saying, it's taking that little bit of faith you do have and uh-huh. going with it. When the devil says other things, when, other, when the whatever comes back in, just taking what you do have and let God work in that. And God will, God will. And it doesn't always happen overnight though. Mm -hmm. God may be taking you on a process with that, but God comes in when we really do need him and finally let down maybe our own trying to do our life our way Uh and say, okay, (laughs) let me at least give a chance to do it your way. And the other thing is that I have realized is that spiritual life, is so different than life we see around us. Mm-hmm. And the only way to continue that thriving is that that's got to become more real to us than what we see around us. Mm. And the only way that I found to do that is really in prayer and in God's word and spending that time and not just reading the Bible or saying <laughs> set prayers, but really seeking to, to know God in it, to mm. claim those promises of God, to, to pray through the real things in our lives And to spend that until that becomes my Mm -hmm. reality more than what I see around Mm me. Otherwise, there's always going to be
0: stuff in life to discourage us and Mm -hmm. disillusion us to whatever. That's beautiful. So the heart of ministry is relationship with God. (laughs) Yeah.
1: We could have said that in the beginning, (laughs) Right. right? And everyone would have agreed with us. Right. But uh, that's the truth of the matter. Uh-huh. It, it really is. When God works in our lives in powerful ways, when we've seen God work through our own mm-hmm. struggles and issues, um, then you're always going to have a ministry, and it doesn't matter
0: what your job is. That's perfect. Perfect way to end. Thank you so much for sharing with us, uh, with us Michelle, and we appreciate your contribution to GYC in this podcast. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for joining Michelle and I as she recounted her journey of self-discovery and growth. To hear more episodes, don't forget to follow us on iTunes or go to gycweb.org/beyond to find out more.